0: Hey, what's up, Austin? What's going on? its I, I always want to say it's a lovely day, and then I kind of catch myself and say, it's not that lovely, because it's still freaking cold, and we're all frustrated. Are you cold, Marley Cowan?
1: All the time. By
0: the way, Cowan, Co- Cowan. Cowan. I ha- okay, see, I, I think I heard somebody call you Cohen recently, and I thought, that's not right, unless... I've been mispronouncing (laughs) it all these years, which is always possible. So I'll I'll tell you more about Marley, who's awesome, in one moment. But first, I just want to welcome you to the Boston Podcast and tell you whether you are down... On the Cape, having a barbecue right now, which you're probably not. It's it's, a, it's kind of a mundane uh, Wednesday here, or if you're stuck in traffic on Route Two or some godforsaken stretch of highway in our Commonwealth, you've reached the Boston Podcast, which is Boston's only independent Monday through Friday podcast. That's right. I do this every freaking day, people. You could say thank you once in a while. <clears throat> this is. David Yaz, I'm not slightly bitter about my place in life at all. I really enjoy doing the Boston Podcast. And by the way, brought to you by pod617.com. That's the Boston Podcast Network. That is who we are here. Our studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, we invite you to come visit us. Just go to pod617.com. You'll find all the info that you need. And Marley, you're the first one here seeing the new paint <laughs> in the studio. What do you think?
1: It looks fantastic.
0: It Looks like gray to me. My colleagues uh, mapped this out and said, this is what we have to go with, and I'm colorblind. <laughs> and I, so I was literally looking at shades of gray and not knowing.
1: So I shouldn't tell you that it's bright pink?
0: <laughs> it could be. It could be. That would be different. No, it's just, I don't know. office paint colors are weird. As Brad Pitt said in Ocean's Eleven, they say, taupe is very soothing. <laughs> and I couldn't tell you taupe from aquamarine from midnight sky to charcoal whatever what color would you say this is It's just kind of a gray right
1: it's it has some brown tones to it so it's mm. more i would say it's actually more taupe that's a good characterization
0: taupe and tope is very soothing, so mm-hmm. let's be soothed.
1: I feel soothed.
0: Good. So <laughs> Marley is an attorney who I've known for a long time through professional circles, and she's not only she an awesome lawyer, she's got a great story about how she got to where she is. We're going to tell you about that later in the show. She's at Pabian and Russell, which is an awesome firm, my friend, Jay Pabian and fr- Frank Russell. Is this, uh, Bob no. Russell. Bob Russell. Sorry. Sorry, uh, Bob Russell. I know that we've met before. And I just called you Frank, and the friendship is over. Um, Bob Russell. Um, so excellent firm, mainly tr- estate planning. But we'll tell you specifically what Marley does a little bit later. In the meantime, if you c- need to know about that firm right away, go to pabianrussell.com. P-A-B-I-A-N, Russell, uh, two is two L's, dot com. I'm not going to spell everything for you, people. Figure it out. Anyway, to start off the show, before we tell you what um, all the impressive lawyerly stuff that Marley does, we're going to play... Good stuff. It's one of the cool things we do on the show. Let's play some good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Good stuff All right. Now, you see, kids, what we normally do with good stuff is we tell you like a TV show or a movie or something. But Marley doesn't watch Game of Thrones. <gasps> oh, my God. You know what? I don't mind you don't watch Game of Thrones at all. I would mind if you constantly told everyone. You don't constantly tell everyone that you don't watch no, Game of Thrones. I feel like Thrones, it's do.
1: just a deep, dark secret. I really shouldn't be broadcasting to the world, so thanks.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know, by the time this podcast posts, maybe you'll have caught a couple episodes. Who knows? You go back, you start at the beginning. It's fine. But you know what? We're all a little bit Game of Thrones out. So for good stuff, we're actually going to talk about something interesting. And we're going to talk about if you have the kid. And I hope you have, uh, if you don't have kids, stick with us anyways. You'll find this entertaining. But we're going to talk about what you you do for your kids' uh, birthday parties, right? So we've all been to these. And, you know, they range from the fun and the cute to the horrible and (laughs) the torturous. And I admit, like, if this, if it's like a birthday party, like, at a bowling alley or an arcade or whatever it may be one of those kids zones or whatever and there's pizza uh what i expect as a parent because let's start with the important stuff what what what's in it for the parents i expect one slice of pizza not the first slice the kids can eat first but i expect at least one slice of nice hot pizza and maybe a water or a diet coke that's all i expect but if you have like a barbecue style birthday party i gotta admit i'm looking around for the beer like I like and but there's a big that this that's kind of a debate, right? Like if if it's a kid, I'm all
1: about the beer. If it's at my house, you're, you're you'll be drinking.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. I have to get to know your kids better so I can get invited <laughs> in the future. So you have two little ones.
1: I have two little ones. One okay. just turned six, and one's about to turn four.
0: Wow. All right, and so yeah, you have this uh, birthday orama in your in your uh, family in the month of May. Is that right?
1: That's right. We've got uh, my oldest son Benjamin, and then my husband Brian, and then my youngest son Samuel, all in the month of May. And somehow we also get to celebrate Mother's Day when they're too.
0: Right. So everyone gets a little something.
1: Everyone gets a little something.
0: Right. So. Tell me uh, what, so one uh, one birthday, no birthday parties down yet. You, have you done them yet? Or? So
1: I got the easy one out of the way. Yep. We first, this is the first time we did one of the birthday parties outside of the house. So that one's easy. Someone just here, take my money, do the birthday party, done. Yeah, but, um, no must, no fuss. Right. But up until now, we've all always done the parties at the house. And for my little one, we'll have their his party at the house as well this year. So it's been fun to kind of characterize and come up with whatever the birthday party is going to be at the house. <clears throat> based on whatever my kid likes at the time. Right. So one year we... My oldest son was really into construction, as are most little boys, and so we had a huge pile of mulch that we had delivered in our driveway, and of course, we were procrastinating on actually mulching our yard, Mm. and we decided, hey, we're going to have a construction party. So we had this huge pile of mulch, and then we set out you know, caution tape and the cones and all the construction vehicles, and we just let the kids play in the mulch for an hour. (laughs) And I'll tell you, they were dirty, but they were in heaven, and it was an awesome construction birthday party. Party, and then we still then went ahead and put our mulch down afterwards but that was a really fun one now
0: what I asked you prior to we started prior to us started recording is why, did, why didn't you put him to work you <laughs> I know know, get something have. out of it can you imagine <laughs> yeah, then you get phone calls uh, excuse <laughs> me uh, uh, Marley Marley but why is my kid telling me that he had been shoveling mulch all day at the birthday party? <laughs> but that's a great idea because the kids, the, I think the kids all, many kids go through a construction mm-hmm. phase. Are you, are you aware? You may be that there are videos produced that <laughs> simply depict tractors oh, and yeah. backhoes. Just it, it that that blows my mind because it's not. Some of them I think aren't even like. Narrated. They don't even. They tell you what's going on. They just yep. watch construction vehicles. They right? just
1: love to watch it. Um Mighty Machines was a constant in our house for a while. For any parents out there, Mighty who's Machines. machines. Okay. They're real, you know, vehicles, but they have these voices. Um <sighs> and It's very strange, but they yeah. are glued to it. Yeah. So they, yeah, all about construction all mm. the time. We sort of evolved to monster trucks lately, but Ooh. we were in the construction phase
0: for a while. Now, have you um, been to monster trucks? Have you-
1: I have. Okay. I. I think I get a mom of the year award for that one. Yes. Did, uh, <laughs>
0: did you bring earplugs?
1: We did. We were completely Smart. prepared. Thanks to a friend, we were prepared. The kids wear their headphones. Even we brought them because they are, that is loud. I don't yeah, know if, if you've ever done that. It's yeah. loud.
0: Yeah. And there's, there, there's loud and there's loud. Like yeah. if you've been to, let's say, uh, a Patriots game and, and Gillette Stadium, uh, I hate to break the news to you, New England fans, and I'm the biggest it's not that loud. Not th- I don't know if it's the con- – it's a combination. I think the construction of the new, new-ish now, new-ish mm-hmm. stadium and the kind of VIP-ization uh, of Patriot Nation now that we've gotten so good and tickets are expensive and everything is just not that loud. In the old days, it could get pretty loud in old Foxborough Stadium. But that's one loud. That's not the loud of monster trucks. Monster trucks is, well, now, first of all, you're, you're, you're no, was this indoors? Indoors, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I went as well. I think I saw a show in Providence. That's or, where we were. Yeah. And so, yeah, they, they, you know, they decked the whole, th- they put dirt down everywhere in the, in the, where the rink or the court would be. And, but there's no place for the sound to go. And it's just, there's grinding engines mm-hmm. and it is deafening. And so I think we didn't. Know to bring uh, earplugs. Oh. My son Adrian is he has autism, and in those days he was he kind of had a lot of sensory stuff going on, so he always had a pair of noise canceling headphones, so he was the prepared one. Mm. And but but my other son and his friend, I forget if they um they uh, they may have actually sold earplugs at the thing, I, they do, yeah,
1: because there are plenty of people who come unprepared,
0: yeah, you need them, yeah, you need them, yeah. So I actually was kind of amused by the whole thing because it I just like how they try to concoct narratives with these vehicles yeah. as characters, right? So so was there a big finale with like the big mm. truckosaurus like <laughs> like climbing over something you never had before or something like that?
1: Yeah, so they do these, They first they race, and then they do like the freestyle, and then they do the donuts, and then at the very end, they bring out the cars that they're going to crush, and then they crush right. the cars, and everyone's going wild, and then the cars flip, and then, oh, is the guy going to be okay? And it's very uh, yeah, intense. Yeah, spoiler
0: alert, he doesn't die, yeah.
1: Yeah, everyone <laughs> seems to have been okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'd hate to be the guy, the one guy who actually does get injured in monster trucks, because everyone will think he's just uh, faking. You know, There's for, actually for the a lot of
1: Female racers or drivers, yeah, which was surprising to me. There was at least two or three on the one that we saw.
0: That's good. That makes sense. Yeah. What the hell? Mm -hmm. Ladies can be the monster truckers too. Why not? Yeah. And so that's cool. So, okay. So, and I wonder why kids, I wonder what that is. Like, we're talking about construction and we're talking, I mean, it's just a, it's mainly a boy thing. I don't want to stereotype here because, of course, there are many girls I'm sure they're into it Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. But there's something about the, the boys being a little bit more on the sort of tactile side or they they like things colliding and they like things scooping big things mm-hmm. and and big big engines and things like that um i wasn't so much of like a tonka truck kid back then i think i was um uh, in my in a ner- very nerdy way playing with my little miniature star wars figures <laughs> anyway so you did the mulch party which was awesome did yeah. any of the parents call and say my kid's a little dirtier than he was well, when I prepa- he arrived.
1: I prepared the <laughs> I prepared the parents on the invitation. I said that like that they were going to get dirty, so no party dresses. Um, so they were prepared one year we also did a garden party and not it doesn't, it's not as frilly as it sounds but similarly we had a big pile of dirt this time, not mulch, we did dirt mm-hmm. and then we had the kids um, decorate pots, like clay pots with you mm-hmm. know different markers and paints and all sorts of, de- of decorations and then they put the rocks in, and then they put the dirt in and then they put the, a flower in mm-hmm. and then they fertilized and they watered and then that was essentially their takeaway from the party instead of a goodie bag is they got to take home their flower pot that they had planted. So they were Really loved that one. That was a I big like hit. I like
0: it. Check you out! Wow, you're We're not <laughs> you're not just going to the place with the ball pit and the slides and ordering a few pizzas. That, that's excellent. So. That's one party. And you have a similarly creative idea for the next one coming up? Yeah. So up the not?
1: next one coming up is my little, my younger son is very into cooking. He is all mm. cooking all the time. He is attached at the hip anytime I'm in the kitchen. So, of course, we have to do a cooking party. So I'm still formulating thoughts because I'm thinking about, okay, how am I going to have like 10 kids bake something in the oven? But my current ideas um, I don't know if you've ever done this, like make pizzas out of English muffins. Oh, yeah. um, and so this way they can have sort of their own little pizza pizza and then they can put the sauce and the cheese and the toppings and so they're really Mm, making it putting it in the oven and then um, maybe decorating cupcakes or cookies or something like that but I like it yeah
0: There's a cooking show now for, well, it's not that new anymore, I guess, but for kids, have you seen that one? It's like MasterChef Junior or some such thing.
1: I've seen that and I've tried to show him those shows, but you know what? He he likes these little YouTube videos that are, you know, like five to seven minutes of kids cooking. I think it's called the Kids Cooking Show or something like Mm. that. And because he doesn't really have the attention span to sit down and watch a half hour competition show. Mm -hmm. He just wants to see them actually making things. They make things like rainbow pasta and, you know, they make bread or strawberry pie, you know, very kid oriented things and he just can't get enough he loves wow. it wow
0: wow and and does he ever like look at it and go come back and then mom, I want to make this now or oh, whatever? Oh, yeah, he's, he got does. His, he's
1: got cookbooks and he points to me what he wants to make. That's he, so cool. um, I always try to involve the kids if we can and whatever we're making for dinner that week. So this week he is all about chicken drumsticks because, of course, we had it once and now he's obsessed. So mm. he's telling me that what all the ingredients he wants to put into <laughs> it. And for the most part, he's got pretty good taste. Sometimes I'm like, oh, all right, we got to back off of that. No pickles on the chicken drumsticks, but right. um, he wanted to do like sesame oil and salt, pepper, and sesame seeds on the drumsticks and you know what turned out pretty good
0: Mm-hmm. interesting my my son when he was little he's 16 now and driving around and um a, a fine young man but back in the day he had a little book of ideas he used to write ideas down for like inventions and stuff mm-hmm. like he'd write rewindable radio which i thought was actually a good idea because it's like he would he, being in the like the age that he grows up and with the dvr and everything he was wondering why if you're in the car and you hear something on the radio, you can't rewind it. Which ah. which is actually kind of called the podcast. So good on you, Griffin. You were ahead of your time like ten years ago or whenever that was. But he came up with an idea for a pizza sandwich, and it was so two pieces of pizza with French fries in the middle. And and it's like the you know, the pizza is the bread. And we tried it. And you know what? Not bad.
1: Not bad. Not bad. I can get not? behind that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so That's awesome. So here's my idea for. um, uh, I was going to, I want to do this as a business one day, but uh, I've got this business going and I'm too lazy to do a second. So, but for kids' birthdays. Okay. So here it is. And you got to call it like uh, arena birthdays or something like Mm -hmm. that. And the idea is we would be at, um, you know, I thought of it. You mentioned Four Kicks, didn't you? So that, Yeah, that's so
1: where we did the indoor soccer. I highly right. recommend it. They were great.
0: Yeah, so that's in Norton? Norfolk, Norfolk. Norfolk, Norfolk. Yep. Norfolk. It's actually kind of right near uh, Gillette Stadium. It's mm-hmm. it's like kind of right off of Route 1 there. And my son has played basketball there and it's indoors, indoor soccer. And it's one of these um, very busy facilities. But, but you would have to have an arena, a place like that, okay? And what you do is, You get like these huge ass speakers, okay? And then you get like a smoke machine, and you get um, uh, the kids to prepare ahead of time to. So let's say they're gonna play like, I'm talking little kids. So they're gonna play like, let's pick an American sport, no offense, soccer, but they're (laughs) gonna play like wiffle ball because you're not gonna play baseball in there because (laughs) it's not big enough. Um, So, and the idea is the kids get, they would get, You know, if you can foot the bill, get get shirts so you get like a blue team and a red team or if you want to do, you know, Red Sox, Yankees or whatever. I don't know who would want to be on the Yankees, but... Um, for you, Marley Dodgers. We'll do mm. Red Sox-Dodgers <laughs> for your California days. I don't know. Did you root for a team back in the day no. in Cali- up I'm in like California? the
1: last person to talk to sports about. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Although I know they're from L.A., so that's good.
0: So, But that's cool. You'll like this idea because it, it actually is the non-sports part of sports. It's This is called, as uh, the great Michael Scott on The Office would say, fanfare for its own sake. The idea behind this arena um, birthday party would be That each kid gets announced, like, in a booming voice, and there's music cranking. Each kid gets his own walk-up music, you know, like in the major leagues. Every player has his own sort of theme song. They come up. And, you know, then the game is called by broadcasters, and you have... um, Now, in a perfect world, I'll buy a warehouse one day and actually do this whole thing. And then you can... um, Uh, have a couple video cameras stationed around. So you leave with sort of a video presentation of this thing. So it looks like you are actually in like a a major league. And then here's the best one, if I can pull this off. Uh, Football. If you play football, add the element of weather to it. So (laughs) we're talking, bring in uh, like snow machines Mm. or, you know, uh, spray some water out there. So it's like a mud bowl. What do you think? What do you think?
1: I mean, I think if there's dirt and mud, the kids will love it.
0: Yeah, so dirt. We're gonna dirt, mud, football, music, and um, uh, that'll start at uh, let's see, twenty nine ninety five uh, per birthday party. So I better go to like uh, Wellesley or Newton, some place where they can afford that kind of thing. <laughs> hey, come on! I got to run a business here. So um, cool. When we. Um, we want. I want to talk to Marley about all her cool uh, professional stuff. We covered the birthday thing, right? Was there anything else?
1: I think we're good on the birthday. we I'll report back yeah. after the birthday party. <laughs> yeah,
0: I need to know. I need to know how the the cooking thing goes. But that's. I, I'm, but I'm back in the day. Papaginos used to do that. Papaginos, um, the there are probably like three of them remaining. Or did they actually go under Papaginos? I think hmm. all the ones
1: around me are closed. They yeah. have very sad signs. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, back in the day they had the shtick where the kids would make their own pizzas. I mean, they didn't own the idea. I'm sure others did it as well. But it was like a big deal. I remember it must have been like my eighth birthday party or something, and you're the one like behind the glass, and the other kids are watching through the glass. <laughs> you make the pizza, and then, you know, you get to eat your own pizza, and the other kids just eat whatever pizza they throw out there. But um, but that's just such a cool thing. I'm glad your son is into cooking. What birthday coming up is this for him? So
1: he'll, he'll be four.
0: Hey, four? Oh, my four. God. The, the, and he's already coming up with spices for chicken wings. Oh,
1: I mean, he's been like this for, like, the last two years. I kind of thought it was a phase that I yeah. think he was going to go away, and it's the only thing he wants to do.
0: Yeah. It's funny how – and I hope he sticks with that. Cause let's, Me too. Because there's a future in it. Absolutely. But, but you were saying how the birthday parties are often geared towards just whatever they're into at the moment. And mm-hmm. I, can rem- I can remember my son doing a pirate – birthday party like when he was real little and I remember dressing up like a pirate because of course I I like dressing up like a pirate Um, and then then the next year it's like there's not a pirate thing in sight and it's Power Rangers and everything's Power Rangers and Blue Power Ranger Red Power Ranger I never understood that show Mm -hmm. and Disney put that thing out and I think they kind of hid the fact that it was a Disney thing because it was (laughs) was pointless but and then like the next year was pro wrestling and then then they forget about it and it's gone they're on to something else yep Yes, yes, yes. Well, um, before we continue, let me tell you about one of the other podcasts here that we produce at the Boston Podcast Network. It's called Are You Not Entertained? You have to check this out. It's super funny and informative. All episodes appear on pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Eddie Nathanson is the host of Are You Not Entertained? He talks to some of the best experts in employer branding across the country. This is what Eddie does. Company needs talent. Ed finds out how to stand out in this crowded field and attract the right people. But he also has a crazy amount of fun on this podcast, blasting you with pop culture from Spider-Man to Seinfeld, from Tom Brady to Bobby Brady, from Terminator 2 to Tupac Shakur. Subscribe, share, and consume this delicious pod. Are you not entertained? At pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. In pod, we trust. So, um, Let's uh, talk about the rags to riches story of uh, Marley Cowan, um, and not really rags. Actually, before we get in, what part of California did you grow up in?
1: Uh, well, speaking of rags, right? I grew up in Orange <laughs> County, so uh,
0: so, uh, um, and I don't, like, I don't even know, like what is that? What is that near?
1: Orange County, yeah. so it is south of LA. Okay. So between sort of San Diego area and the LA area.
0: And see, I know so little. It sounds posh to me, but you're saying it's not. I mean,
1: when I first moved there, it was still like horse country. Now it's where all the million dollar homes are. Um, But it's a nice place to visit, as my husband puts it. Um
0: (laughs) And you still have family there?
1: Yes, and yep. that's that's of course why we go there. You know, I'm very close with my family. Um cool. so California to me is um has very good memories of growing up. I also went to UC Berkeley for college, so I kind of did the northern California experience as well, but call me crazy I, I do love the weather here despite today's weather yeah um, but I love the seasons I love living in New England the only thing that's not good about New England is that my family is not here so we go back there to visit
0: is are there personality differences in the, the, the mm. if you, you just like I'm talking community I'm talking the average crew at Starbucks and the way people treat you I had a buddy from LA it, it was a college buddy and he used to tell me that he liked the the East Coast because People would tell you you're an asshole to your face. <laughs> and back in LA, people would might uh, be nasty to you, but they'd always do it behind your back and then with a big smile. Now, that's not necessarily where you grew up, but.
1: Right. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I feel like people here are actually pretty friendly. You know, people are pretty open. They talk a lot. You know, they're sort of out there. They lay it out, out on the table. And I like that. I mean, that's kind of how I am.
0: Yeah. So stop calling each other massholes, everybody. It doesn't do us any well. You got a California girl telling you. I mean, you've been here for a while. how long? Oh long time? man,
1: over yeah, fifteen years maybe now.
0: Right. You came here when you were five. Right. Oh. That's the math. <laughs> we're, that's the math we're going to stick with, or, or nine or something. Uh, so, um, and you were just telling me something I didn't know before we started recording, and that is that at your law firm, you started as would you say a temp.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I graduated law school in 2009, and for anybody who can remember that, or is looking for a job at the time, you may remember that the economy that sucked, was. Yeah. Wait, I'm allowed to cuss, right?
0: Yeah, go the for economy it. Economy
1: was in the shitter. Yeah, it was awful, and there was just there were no jobs out there. Um, I actually went to law school to do um, immigration, environmental law, something along those lines. I was working at the EPA. I'm thinking I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm gonna do you know the social justice type of work, and then the economy just tanked. Mm -hmm. And so um, none of the jobs panned out because all of the big law firms were laying off their associates and putting them into government and nonprofit work and paying them half their salary. So there were no other government or nonprofit jobs available for the people who actually wanted to do that work. So. I have no job. I passed the bar. I have rent to pay and a uh, dog to take care of, and uh, fiance you're living at the in, time.
0: You're living in Boston. I'm living in at the
1: t- in Medford at the time. Oh, yeah. Medford. And so then I had a friend whose brother was working at Pabian and Russell as a legal assistant, and he was moving on. He wanted to do real estate, and he said, "Hey, do you? They're looking for somebody to fill my job. Do you want it?" And I said, "Heck yeah!" And so I went in in, and it was just on a temporary basis, just a temporary legal assistant job. Even though, like I said, I had I passed the bar, but I needed to pay my rent. And so I just took it. And we had this great kind of open relationship with, okay, so I don't really want to work here, and you don't really want me to work here, <laughs> but we kind of need each other for the moment. Mass so having, yep. we'll just kind of keep each other op- open, updated, and informed. So... It was a great gig because I was able to say, Hey, I've got an interview. I'm leaving. I didn't feel like I had to hide anything. So I interviewed around for about a year. Um, and you know, over time you get to like people, and I sort of became interested in the estate planning work that they were doing. And eventually I started saying, So actually, do you need an associate here? And they said, No, no, you know, we're a tax planning (laughs) law firm. You're some, you know, hippie environmentalist. We don't really need you. Thanks, but no, thanks.
0: That by the way, is that period, uh, uh, or that type of arrangement with the firm, is, is not easy. It's it, and it it, it kind of is for me anyway because I had a similar thing. So I worked at Roberto Israel and Weiner, which is an awesome firm at the time. It was Shapiro Israel and Weiner, and I I wanted to, when I got out of law school, I wanted to work there, but the circumstances under which they hired me was uh, has a few similarities to yours mm-hmm. they had a huge case that they had just taken on they knew they needed like another hand on deck and they knew they could bill me out and so i was there mainly to do research and like the you know the sixth guy on a five guy litigation team you know <laughs> or whatever um, but the, I got to know the people there, but it was always weird because people always looked at you like it's not like they weren't friendly to me, they were, but they always kind of looked at like, are you here? are you not here? Do you work here? Are you a lawyer? are you an intern? What the hell are you? Yeah, yeah. And so and you're like at the time, I was like, I passed a freaking bar exam. you know <laughs> you know I get student loans here. When do I get to be treated like a real lawyer? But patience uh, pays off. Well, it certainly did for you.
1: Yeah, it did definitely pay off. And you know, again, over time, we sort of formed a mutual respect for one another. And they told me that they really weren't looking to fill an associate role with me, (laughs) with my background. So, okay, that's fine. So I keep going along. (laughs) yeah, we want
0: an associate, just not you. Yeah, just not you. You don't mean Um, you, do you?
1: (laughs) And then eventually, I got pretty close to getting another job. And I was, again, very open with them about kind of where I was in the other interview process. And then they realized actually, we kind of like you and uh, actually, you're a pretty hard worker. So maybe we'll give this a shot. Mm -hmm. So then they offered me a paralegal slash associate role. Mm. And I'm thinking, "Mm, do I get my own office? And they said, yes. And I said, okay, I'm in. Mm. And so I did that job for about a year. And then um, at around that same time, um, the new probate law passed mm-hmm. and so that's when I really sp- I, that's how I found my in I said hey I'm going to learn this new probate law I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to be the only one here who knows how to do probate um, under the new system mm-hmm. and so then all of a sudden people started to come to me more and more for probate questions because the whole system had changed all wow. the forms had changed and then I evolved into a full associate role because now I actually could bring something to the table yep. um, and that's when they started to t- take me a little bit more seriously and and I also started to take them more seriously, realizing that this could really be a good long-term fit. But I'll never remember one year, you know, they, they do these annual reviews and I sat down for my annual review and one partner told me I was just never going to make it there. You're just never going to make it here.
0: Thanks for the pep talk, mm. counsel.
1: You know, you don't you don't have the tax background that we need. We're a sophisticated, high-end, high-net-worth estate planning law firm, and we need our attorneys to have tax background. Now, wait
0: a minute. Was this guy just giving you she. some... Was she giving you... Oh, shame on me, mm. Dave. Well, it's okay. You think the guy stupid. is the jerk. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me correct that. Okay. Uh, <clears> okay. <throat> So, no, was this person, was this lawyer, uh, was this, like, unsolicited advice or was this, like, kind of... From the top, like this was this was official advice, or, or what was it?
1: I don't think it. I don't know that it was from the top. I think this was her perspective, and that, and I think you know, with looking back on it, she may have just been trying to do me a favor. You know, like, hey, you know, you should probably start looking for something else because you're never going to move up the ranks here. We need somebody with a high end tax background, and you don't have that. You don't have the education. You don't have the degree. You don't have an, a master's in tax. So you know, maybe start thinking about something else. And don't tell me I can't do something because that was an incredible amount of motivation. And I learned that stuff and I learned it up, down, left, and right as best as I could without going back to school. Mm -hmm. And I'll never consider myself a tax expert. I'm not a tax expert, but I found something else that I could be an expert in, and that for me is probate. And so um, over time, that partner moved on from the firm. I had other champions within the firm who saw me and recognized me for what I was in terms of my leadership style and my work ethic and what I was able to bring to the table and really helped advance me up up to a senior associate. And then as of earlier this year, a partner and an equity partner
0: wow um i feel like i should have some triumphant music to play for this (laughs) but i'm i I can't find it oh oh look there your kids are cheering for you marley so that's good (laughs) no so a lot of lessons embedded in there first of all good on you of course it's a cool story but the lesson the first lesson i picked up was it's it's always cool to be known for a thing And there were so many, you know, I've been a lawyer, I've been a financial advisor, and they're just, you know, as they say, you swing a dead cat, you're going to hit either a lawyer or a financial (laughs) advisor on the streets of Boston. And to be able to distinguish yourself, when I was a financial advisor, I just wanted people to think of me for uh, special needs, families of special needs, because um, inspired by my son and the whole deal, and at least I had a calling card, you know. And so when you started saying you're the new person on the new probate, was it the you, new
1: probate code, a new probate the, law passed.
0: Was that when the Uniform Probate Code? Yes. And, okay, we just mm-hmm. lost all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Come back, come back, come back. <laughs> no, I remember that when I was at Lord's Weekly. It took up. It took forever to pass the Uniform Probate Code in mm-hmm. Massachusetts because it takes everything. It takes forever to do everything in Massachusetts, no matter what you do. Uh, so, but um, so to be known for that, people started associating your name with it. People started coming to you, mm-hmm. right? Which is cool. In, in, and can go for any walk of life, you know? You know, that's the guy. And it's usually for, like, specific things, like... um I don't know. This is a terrible example, but like, if you're if you're a homeowner and you're trying to get rid of a squirrel, you know, <laughs> or something, you know, like, does it go? Oh, that guy, you know, Bob Jones in town. He's great at getting rid of that stuff. Or you just have to
1: make yourself indispensable. You know, right. you have to make it that they really need you. And it's a collaborative effort because you know we had to essentially revamp the whole policies and procedures and forms and templates within the firm. And you know, luckily there were other people in the firm who were very open to my ideas. Is and encouraging of me to bring that kind of expertise and formalization to the firm. Um, the firm has evolved organically over time, and that I, I don't think I would have been able to do what I did or be where I am if I didn't have other really good people within that firm.
0: And that uh, short-sighted attorney that gave you that terrible advice, she got disbarred, right? Disgraced. No. <laughs> uh, I don't
1: think she's disbarred, but okay. she's she's no longer with the firm. No
0: longer. She's no longer with the firm. You hear that, Nancy? <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, your, or whatever your name is. I hope her name's not Nancy. That would be a weird coincidence. Okay, uh, cool. So and now, so what, and now you're uh, an owner of the firm, which is just sweet. And what? And, a, and not sweet like, hey, nice. I mean, that's freaking sweet. Like that's awesome. Um, what? Uh, like, what do you do now? Tell us a typical client and how you help people and all that.
1: Sure. So um, a lot of my work is, of course, probate, as I mentioned. But what does that mean? So for me, that means one of two things. So one is when a death occurs. So when a family member passes away and you need to administer the will, you need to go to court, you need to get somebody appointed, you need access to the money. I mean, really, that's what it's all about, right? It's about getting access to the money and tying everything up, taking care of the taxes, distributing the money, getting a trust set up, whatever it may be from start to finish. Um, That's sort of a very you know, vanilla, if you will, type of estate that mm-hmm. I would help administer. Um, but I also do a lot of the litigation. And so let's say that somebody's trying to get a will probated and allowed by the court, but maybe somebody else has a later will or an earlier will or they think that will isn't valid for one reason or another. All right, now we've got to fight on our hands over which will is the right will. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of trust disputes. So I represent a lot of beneficiaries who are trying to get access to money in a trust. So there's a trustee, maybe it's a company, a bank, or just an you know old family member, that's the trustee, and the beneficiary will come to me and say, I don't know what's going on with this trust. Where's my money? Why can't I get distributions? I haven't seen accountings. What's this guy even doing? Um, so I'll represent beneficiaries, and vice versa, I'll also represent trustees, and then a lot of the work that we do also focuses on guardianships and conservatorships. And so people will hear the term guardian and they'll think, okay, well, that's who I need to put in charge of my kids if something happens to me. Um, and that's true, but guardianship also um, focuses on any adult, your young adult, maybe somebody who's 17 who maybe has special needs, who's turning age 18 and the parent still needs to be their guardian. Or we have cases of kids who are in their 30s who will have some sort of a mental illness who's you know shown up later in life and it's just progressing quicker and quicker and the child's been committed to a hospital. Um, and then we also do a lot of elder work as well. So if you have a parent, who um, is declining or diminishing or maybe had a fall or an injury, suffering from dementia, Alzheimer's, anything like that. And then a child or a spouse needs to step in to actually become their guardian to help them with um, their healthcare needs or a conservator to help them with their financial needs. Um, so we handle all of that and we also handle anything that is contested in that realm. So maybe a brother and a sister are fighting over who's going to be in charge of mom for her medical decisions or a second spouse and. The son, you know, fighting over who's going to be in charge of mom's money, um, all that kind of work is. So is those that. are
0: disputes that happen before mom dies. Right. But you also handle the stuff after, after mom dies, right? And you're disputing like what the will really means. Right. So let me give me a let me give you a hypothetical. And since I relate all things to television, <laughs> this comes from the world of TV. So you don't happen to watch the show Veep, do you? With Julia Louis-Dreyfus. No,
1: but no? I've okay. heard it's very good.
0: It's very good. You should watch it. Um, but, and it's, it, it, they, just, uh, aired the final episode, which I haven't even watched yet amazingly because, um, I'm too caught up in game of Thrones and the freaking dragons. But anyway, (laughs) so, okay, here's the hypothetical. So this was a storyline from like season three or four or something. So spoiler it if you haven't watched like season, if you're not up through season four or whatever, um. So, uh, Julia, do you mind if I spoil it for you? That's fine. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) I won't remember anyway. (laughs) sorry for the purposes of So, Selena Meyer, played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, has ascended to the office of the president. And that's not really pertinent to the story. So, I don't know why I spoiled it. Anyway, she's got this sort of smarmy ex-husband who's like a a millionaire, but he's always got some scheme going on. And so, Selena's uh, mom passes away. And Selena's mom had a fondness for her granddaughter. So this is Julia Louis-Dreyfus' daughter. Uh, Forgetting the character's name. Doesn't matter. Okay, so, and turns out almost all of the wealth goes to the daughter. So now the president and her ex-husband have this kid who is, like, wealthy. Mm. Now, what the smarmy um, uh, dad does, Selena's ex, is he starts, like, cozying up to his daughter uh, more so than usual and starts telling her about this uh, great resort he wants to build, like in the Brazilian rainforest, and uh, he's going to cut down all these trees in the rainforest. But it's for the purpose of eventually restoring the rainforest to where it used to be, because that's where a lot of the profits of the, of the hotel are going to go. It's, it sounds like a huge scam. So we've got uh, this guy, the the dad. um trying to uh now i don't so the, the the i don't know if that is the greatest hypothetical is i don't know if it calls into question the will but um but the, there must be a lot of cases you have where the all the money goes to someone unexpected and mm-hmm. now you have others trying to come in like Absolutely. in this case i suppose you know the president here could you know try to go to a court and appeal to the fact that this was not a good thing that the will put all the money in the hands of this... Um,
1: well, she could try that, but she won't yeah. win because really? people can do dumb things. People can do not smart things. People can do bad things. It's not illegal or to do something bad. But what she would have to be able to show yeah. is that that... Granddaughter influenced her grandmother to give her all of the money, and she would have had to shown that she had some amazing amount of influence over the grandmother, or that the grandmother had no idea what she was doing, and the granddaughter just put something in front of her to have her sign.
0: So it's not enough just to go, "Hey, this isn't fair. I'm the I'm the I'm the adult here." Although to be fair, the granddaughter was, I think, of legal age, but you can't just say, "Hey, it should have gone to me." Like it would have gone to me under typical, it would have gone to the daughter under doesn't uh, matter.
1: Somebody, a, right. an adult who has capacity, who is not subject to influence, they can give it all to the man on the moon if they really? want to. If it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter how inherently unfair it is. Mm-hmm. But I'll give you one example of maybe where it could help. It could, you could get something overturned. So we did have a case where this older man had a will, and 80% went to one kid, and 5% went to the other kids, mm. um, to each of the other kids. And Honestly, we're having a hard time proving he didn't have capacity. You know, it was questionable whether or not he had capacity. It was questionable whether the one son had really influenced him. But what we were able to show was that even if he understood that 80% was going to one kid and 5% was going to the others, what he didn't understand is that that 5% equaled only $200 to each of the other kids Mm. because the estate planning attorney didn't do a good enough job explaining the consequences of the will. Wow! So that's one way that you have to really- This was not
0: a Pabian and Russell attorney. No,
1: <laughs> of course not. No, of right. course we were attacking know, the will. But have right. a good estate planning attorney. You know, right. you don't want to just go to somebody who's just gonna, um, you know, spit out the documents. You really need to make sure you've got somebody who's advising somebody, especially an older client, so they really understand the consequences of what they're doing. So when
0: the will was made, the person, the now decedent. Uh, W- didn't realize what they were doing.
1: They didn't realize it. They thought that they were thinking that five percent was going to equal, you know, his whole pie, which would have been a significant amount of money for those kids, or at least something along more along what he wanted to do. Whereas, in fact, a lot of his assets were jointly held, of course, with the bad son. So, the only assets that were even available for distribution was very minimal, equally only two hundred bucks or so going to the other kids. And yeah, it's not what he would have wanted.
0: So, what happened? We settled. <laughs> <laughs> kind of anticlimactic but <laughs> i but su- uh, but suffice it to say your your clients did better th- oh, than yeah. they would have done if uh, if that pattern held yes yeah um Anyway, so that's a good story. It was much better than my phony story about Julia Louis Dreyfus. <laughs> so thank you for saving me. Uh, Marley Cowan is awesome. She's an attorney over at Pabian and Russell. If you want to get in touch with her, go to you can visit the website at PabianRussell.com. Russell.com. But what is that the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Yep, yeah. PabianRussell.com. dot um, I'm also on LinkedIn, so you can find me on LinkedIn. Marley M A R L E E. I'm a double E, um, mm-hmm. and or um, just call me, email me. I'm available.
0: Give out your email address. Be so bold. Why oh, not?
1: so bold! All right, so it's m c o w a n at Pabian Russell. I'll spell that again: p a b i a n r u s s e l l dot M Cowan at paybienrussell dot Our
0: listeners appreciate the spelling because life doesn't have spell check. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna write that down. Hold on a sec. Okay, life doesn't have spell check. Yes. Um. Thank you for joining. Did you have fun? On the I show. had fun, I yeah. Hope, I hope
1: so. I, I'm feeling soothed with the paint still. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I guess my idea to do like bright cinnamon red was shot down by my colleagues. And so if you want to see what a lovely taupe-colored paint coat we have here at our Westwood Studios, you should visit us. In fact, you could have your own podcast. We produce podcasts here at pod617.com. So go to the website... Find out all the details. By the way, if you like this podcast, please like it or share it more to the point. Share it with a colleague or a friend. It's free for crying out loud. What do you want for nothing? Uh, On behalf of the great Marley Cowan, my friend, this is Dave. I am just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy.